0: Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum.
1: Hey Tim, how's it going?
0: Hey, it's going pretty good, pretty good. You know, it's, uh, it's warmed up from minus 30 to about minus 15 now, so it feels pretty balmy here northern alberta pretty balmy
1: i don't know the temperature here i think the snow is gonna start melt. no it's snowing right now so i don't know oh there you go i would like it to be warm i miss the warmth that's what i i ventured out of i fought the state to escape and smuggle myself out of canada so i could avoid the winter and yet it's oh, followed me
0: oh, you gotta embrace it man gotta embrace it move next to the mountains and go skiing
1: so you, you talked a few times about this program you're doing, your 75 hard or something like mm-hmm. that. And yep. it's, I wanted to bring that up because it's, it's quite a big commitment at once, right? Like 75 right. days of intensive workout to, to start as a commitment is, is quite a lot. And so I wanted to hear your thoughts as to why you wanted to do something like that. But also there's there's sort of two terms, two concepts that are kind of on the other side of it. One it's also related to actually Jordan Peterson saying, like, clean up your room. But the way I first encountered this concept, it was called the Zorro circle. Um, it was from a book called The Happiness Advantage. And he talks about if you wanna be an expert at something, if you wanna get something in total order, you need to start really small. And so the story was when right. Zorro was being trained as a sword fighter, his, his trainer drew a small circle on the ground and said, until you are a perfect sword fighter in this circle, you're not allowed to go anywhere. You, you're not fighting anyone. You have to be perfect in here. And so there's also this idea of minimum effective dose, right? How do you get a routine into your life? So I'm interested in first, why you decided to jump you know, into a 75-day program and, and how do you maintain motivation? And then what do you think of that in contrast with sort of this approach, which is definitely, it's not how I I try and just like force myself into stuff as well, but I've seen the effectiveness of you know, five minutes a day to start five minutes a day to start.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know what? I've had success with both, with both ways of doing things. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, I got into working out doing kind of min- minimal effective dose, uh, method because, yeah. you know, I'd go, I, I, I found in the past that I'd get on, I decide, okay, I'm going to do a workout routine. This, uh, Spartan 300 uh routine or whatever that got uh, Gerard Butler so chiseled for for the movie 300. Okay, this is the routine I'm doing and you know, two or three weeks into it I'd miss a day and then I'd get down on myself and I'd be like, "Oh man, well, wow, it's kind of out the window now or something like that." And uh, you know, I just kind of fall off the wagon. So what I found was doing a minimal effective dose. What what is the uh, minimum I can do to see positive results in a certain mm. area. Right. And, you know, you can go back to the Pareto principle, the 80, 20 principle, which, where, which basically says that 20% of whatever you are doing gets you 80% of the results. So, mm. you know, when you go into the gym, 20% of what you're doing gets you 80% of the results that you're seeing. So focus on that 20% and uh, not on doing a hundred percent to try to get, you know, on the 80% that's going to get you the, the final 20%, right? Because that's that's really hard to do. But if you can at least get that 20% in, that's the minimal effective dose. Um, and you, you can apply this to all sorts of areas in your life, whether it's, um, you know, cleaning your house or, you know, uh, reading or, or, you know, writing or, or whatever. Focus, try to figure out what that 20% is that gets you the majority of your results and that's your minimal effective dose. And so, you know, in my research and in my empirical testing, I found that, uh, I 15 minutes a week of intensive, uh, like push your muscles to failure or beyond exercise of all my major, I, I could do all my major muscle groups in about 15 minutes a week, um, got me results. I saw positive results. I saw my body changing and I could do that. I could commit to 15 minutes a week. And so I would do 15 minutes a week and then anything I did above and beyond that, I considered a bonus. And you know what, once I got that 15 minutes done, I felt like maybe doing a bit more the next day, just a little something, some accessory muscle work or something like that. Some weeks I would do more, some weeks I would do less, but as long as I got that 15 minutes in, I was happy. I felt like I was mm-hmm. moving forward and that, that was fairly effective for me. Um, but I, I did notice that I just got into like some bad habits um, you know, with the lockdown and everything else, I don't know if mental health played a part in it, but I just kind of started eating potato chips and watching a little TV and, and staying out of the gym. Um, and you know, I, I was working with a colleague and he, he suggested this program. Um, and you know, I think I was primarily just kind of complaining that I wasn't producing enough. I wasn't getting enough content done and, you know, procrastination has always kind of been a struggle for me. So he said, you need to do this program. I just did It's all about mental discipline and toughness. And um, he described this to me and I'm like, no, there's no way I'm doing that, man. There's no way I can commit to that. And he, he made me listen to the guy's podcast. And he says, the guy on the podcast is like, right now, you're probably saying to yourself, there's no way I can do that. Your bitch voice is making all sorts of excuses for you as to why you should 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 start it maybe two weeks from now after you've gone on your trip or after you've done your plans Or, you know, your, your mind is coming up with all sorts of resistance as to why you shouldn't do this. And if that's, what's happening in your brain right now, you're the exact person that needs to do this because success needs to start right now. You know, and then I thought back to Tony Robbins, I've been to, you know, Tony Robbins event and, you know, kind of follow his stuff, kind of a fan. And he always talks about, if you want to see real change, you need to take massive action. Like you need to take these massive Mm. changes. And so I'm like, you know what, I'll give this a try. And, um, you know, it's a hardcore program. Like there's a bunch of steps in it. So you have to do two workouts a day. They have to be spaced out by at least three hours. So you you, like they're two 45 minute workouts. So you can't do one 90 minute workout and call that two workouts. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and one of them has to be outdoors because he says it's going to be hard because it's going to be raining some days and cold and whatever. And you just have to go out there and you have to do it. And that, that teaches you resilience. Uh, you have to drink a gallon of water a day. You have to uh, take a progress yeah, you, pick. You, every, so you've told all, us about the, extra, yeah, the, the but the you, you miss stuff. one thing. If you're short one minute or whatever, you have to start all over on day one. So I've had to restart this thing twice now. Um, and because I missed one little thing. Like I forgot to take a progress pick uh, one day. And then another day I forgot to read 10 pages. Uh, I've been doing the workouts full on. So, you know, my brain's telling me, look, you're doing all the hard stuff. Why do you have to start again? This is stupid. Uh, But you know, I'm like, okay, I need the discipline. I need to,
1: So I want to contrast this with sort of what I want to talk about, because you said Tony Robbins is like you need to take massive action to make change. Right. right? And I definitely like if you want to make drastic change, that's true. But I think a lot of people are scared of doing that. Right. And So like in my experience and especially sort of with mental health programs, there's this this idea of like behavioral activation. If you're starting at zero just do something, right? You want to see some improvement, you want to see some accomplishment, right? And this sort of, to me, ties to like, sort of the root of psychology, right? So there's sort of, in my view, there's habits and values, right? And if you have a value that you're pursuing, then it becomes easier, right? But you need to really see and set that you're actively working towards that. But most people, when they're trying to build a new habit, they don't have that value. They're not they're not so intent on looking a certain way or achieving it fully. So there's not that consistent motivation because the value is not there. And so you have to, but to just sort of brute force a habit takes an obsessive amount of willpower, right? Like Mm -hmm. when I, when I used to do that a lot more, it's because I had like an obsessive personality. And so I would really just force it in, but most people can't have that. And so you, what, what you want to do, the reason you want to, I literally think of it as like a visual starting from like the base of the brain. And it's like you want to take a little action and see the value result. And so you can grow both sides together. Right. And so that's why right. you, you do five minutes, you see the results. Oh, I can get this. This maybe is a value now and it grows. Whereas if you set a really far away result, no matter how much you get there, you're not going to hit that sort of value premise you're not going to be like oh yeah i achieved my value because your goal is too large right and so i really like this sort of iterative process Mm -hmm. start small see the results and grow from there and it's also even related to at least ayn rand's view of self-esteem right you have to see that you're able to live and worthy of living right and so you want to see that you can do it but then you want to feel like you're someone who did do it who could do it right um, right. And so, again, if you set a really large goal, if you aim at drastic action and then you misstep and you miss one day of, of your workouts like you did for the Spartan one, then you're miserable. Then you're a good for nothing who can't achieve yeah. any of their values yeah. and this sort of thing. Right. Um, so I for some people, the like really whipping yourself into shape and taking drastic action or massive action does work. But for myself and I think many others, it doesn't.
0: Yeah. I, I, if you would have talked to me about a year ago, I would have said the exact same thing. And I would have said, you know, what I'm doing now is, is not a good strategy for me uh, for sure. For those, all those reasons. Um, but for whatever reason, um, you know, I, I, like I look at this as, as a challenge, it's a 75 day challenge. It's kind of like climbing a mountain. You do it once, say you did it and change. See, see if it has any positive results. Right. And and so, you know, you know, I don't expect I'll keep up all these habits for the rest of my life. I'm certainly not going to do two a day workouts and follow this strict diet. And you know, drinking a gallon of water a day is ridiculous too. The amount of time I have to pee, like it's just stupid. And so, I'm definitely not going to be doing that. Right. Um, but at the same time, I'm feeling really good. So who knows? I might keep these habits going um, more than not. Um, well, but but what I will say is, you know, the, the there are ways of, of hacking, um, these massive action goals, right? So for example, I'm not one who can count really count macros and do really strict diet plans or anything like that either. Cause I'll fall off and then I'll just fall off the wagon. Right. Mm. Because there's not, there's not a huge penalty you pay in most diets for having one chip, right? You right. can have one chip or you can have this, or you can have that, but, one chip leads to two leads to three leads to 10 bags. And next thing you know, you're fat. Um, and and so you don't pay the price for eating that one chip. Now, the difference with this program and another diet I've done, which is the ketogenic diet is that you pay a big price. If you slip, have one little slip up and you, you, you get punished hard. Right. So, so for example, with the ketogenic diet, I was, I did that for five months and I didn't have any problems doing it because, um, I couldn't cheat on it. Cause if you have one carb or like one cheat, it kicks you out of ketosis. And now you have to get back into ketosis. You have to go through sugar withdrawals. You, you have to like, it's, it's a painful process. Mm. And I didn't want to experience that. Um, the guy who started the 75 hard program, he started it because he's like, I'm getting out of shape. And he had this group of entrepreneurs he was with that challenged each other. And he says, I'm putting $300,000 on the line on this date in 75 days, I'm going to be down to 10% body fat or that $300,000 goes to the charity of your choice or whatever. So he put this money in escrow and basically he was going to get punished to the tune of $300,000, which was a painful amount for him. um, If he didn't meet his goal. And so he forced himself to meet his goal. And so when you have pain, uh, or or like severe punishment awaiting for you either by getting kicked out of ketosis or with my program, having to start all over on day one, um, you, you stick to it. Right. And so those are some hacks i found work. If you are going to take massive action, there has to be like a a pain, a, a painful punishment almost if you fail. So you know, you could do something like tell a friend, here's $3,000. If I'm not successful here, that's yours. Like uh, whatever, I, a pain, whatever a painful amount of money is for you. Right. Um, you know, th- those are things you can do to ensure that you, you're successful and you follow through on these things. But uh, yeah.
1: So I have I have two and a half counterpoints. One is okay. I, this wasn't a painful amount, but I tried because I didn't have a gym buddy for a while. I didn't have friends nearby who I could go to the gym with. So I told my friend every day I don't go to the gym I owe her 10 bucks. But like it wasn't a painful enough amount in like right. small increments but ev- and then eventually I was like I owe you 50 bucks I'm not doing this anymore right. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I don't think as a as a standard generally, what I, so Ayn Rand would call it motivation by fear instead of motivation right. by love. Moving away from disvalues isn't as motivating as moving towards values. And, but mm-hmm. I think it can work in the short term for discrete challenges. And that's what I think really resonated to me out of what you were saying, where I've never thought of it in this way. I think too often people try and like, change their life forever. And then even if they have negative motivation, it, it doesn't last. But if you view it like I'm doing this challenge, I'm climbing this mountain, I'm doing this one thing, it's, it's a lot easier to motivate yourself. And then if yeah. you do slip for one day, it doesn't matter because it's not your miserable. Oh, well, I'm still on the mountaintop, right? I'm still pursuing this discrete goal. And I could see motivation by fear, so to speak, as being very good in that sort of way. And that's actually when I think of sort of my, my professional endeavors over the past two, three years with this business, with my other businesses, it's I do tend to think in discrete chunks, right? So it's like, I'm going to push myself as hard as possible to accomplish this milestone by December 2020. And then I'm going to like decompress and reassess. And because of that, when I've slipped, it's like, well, I'm still not slipping totally. I'm not gone. I'm not lost. It's like, and I'll still be able to, because I have a discrete goal with a discrete deadline, then I know I'm going to hit it. I might have to push myself twice as hard the next day to hit it, but it's, it's a different mentality. Whereas I think for a lot of people, whenever they try and make change in their life, they have a, a vague and like open-ended forever goal. Whereas if you have discrete milestones yeah. for yourself, the most motivated I've ever been working out was when I did P90X because it was literally 90 days. I hated it, but right. it was like, it was only 90 days, right? It wasn't, I'm going to be a fitness guy who works out every three times a week forever, right? right? So it's a total different uh, mindset, I think.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that I have been reading around, you know, how to motivate yourself and how to be more disciplined has to do with not so much setting goals as it is um, your your identity, right? Are you who do you want do you be? do you see yourself as a type of person who maintains fitness? Do you see yourself as a writer? Okay. If you're a if you're a writer, if you're a pro, and and I got this actually by going like I've been burning through audiobooks on my my morning jogs. Uh and one guy I really love is Stephen Pressfield, who wrote a book called The War of Art. And he's mm-hmm. got a bunch of other books. Um, he's the author of uh The Legend of Bagger Vance, which was made into a movie with Will Smith. Uh, But he just talks about that the resistance and the muse and how to overcome the resistance. And it's all about you tell yourself you're a professional. This is what a professional does. He sits down and he looks at that page and he writes whatever comes out. He doesn't wait for inspiration. He keeps writing until inspiration happens. And you just keep reciting these little mantras to yourself and embodying what Identity you want, and so I find that that really helpful. And so, like when I think about food now, it's not something that I think of for pleasure. It's not you know, it's something that fuels me. I, I see it as fuel, right? And that's because I'm the type of person now who is living a healthy disciplined life. And, you know, I I just see myself as this disciplined person now and that, and, and everything I do, I want to embody that. And, and so it's about what am I doing right now, moment to moment in this day that embodies that rather than what's this goal I'm trying to achieve. And if I fall short of it, I'm a failure or something like that. Right. These are things that I I, like habits and routines that I want to incorporate into my life on a daily basis that, that support the identity I'm forming for myself.
1: Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I think identity is key because again, it comes to self-esteem. What kind of person are you? What kind of person do you think of yourself as right? Because for me, and I've never done that with working out because I've projected, I've thought a lot about who will I be when I'm 65 And I'm all and I am just that's who I am. I'm going to be this person. And so if I stumble on a day, it doesn't hurt me, right? Um, Like I could, you know, I want to read two hours a day, let's say, and I've gone a week without actually doing that because of other stuff. But I'm not like dejected. I'm not down on myself for failing because no, no, I'm someone who reads two hours a day. And yeah. sometimes life gets in the way, right? Yeah. That's different. And that would be the case if I had already established it for three years, that's how I'd view it. But when you're trying to build a habit, you sort of have the other perspective on it and you get really down on yourself. But it's so important. No, I am this kind of person. And so it doesn't matter if it didn't happen today, right? But I also think the like viewing yourself as a professional is really important. Like, no, th- like I'm doing this, I'm sitting and doing this thing and if it's a little worse, if it's a little better, people too often, oh, they, they attach their identity to the sort of short-term results, not to like the desires as a whole, right? Which is again about the sort of values or habits. If writing, if you're a writer, you have to value writing and no matter what, you're gonna pursue writing. Not, oh, you're a writer because you happened to write for 20 minutes. No, like then if, right, it's it's like a different framing. And so I really like the idea of, Like, who are you? What kind of person are you? What kind of person do you want to be? Be that person, be that person mentally. And then it will be easier to continually every day move towards it and not not care that much if you stumble once or twice.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again, there are different ways of approaching this identity thing. Um, you know, the minimum effective dose is is a good way of doing it, I found. But uh, you know, I'm also surprised. I'm finding this is a good way of doing it too. Like I'm almost faking it till I make it. Like I'm living the life of the the, you know, I want to be a disciplined person who has structure, who gets out who who takes care of his body every day, who reads every day, who puts out uh content every day. And so I'm this program is forcing me to do this on pain of if I don't I have to start all over again yeah. and I've already told everyone I'm going to do it and I'm not going to be humiliated so yes there's all this yeah. negative pressure on me but it's like I look forward to my days now and I'm starting to love this and I you know I like who I am on it and mm-hmm. it's becoming my identity so to speak um, almost by dent of having it been forced on me by myself, but yeah. still, you know, it's not something I would have thought of as a good strategy a year ago. And I'm well, not and- sure it is or not yet, but it's definitely working for me right now.
1: For me, like we haven't gotten too much into sort of my psychological theories. Right. But I basically think it's like, you have to have a good relationship with your own subconscious, so to speak. Right. And mm-hmm. I think for all of these tools, it's about what works best for you, for me, for each individual will be different, but you're, you're sort of, your deep subconscious will have certain views, certain opinions, so to speak, and certain ways in which it can be convinced, right? So it's really about negotiating with it and helping it want to do what you want to do, right? So to speak. And so there are a lot of different tools, but really the fundamental is at some point you want it to agree. So then it's easy to do. It becomes second nature, automatic. You don't have to Mm -hmm. force yourself to do it. And for everyone, there are like, for some people they will feel really low on themselves and they don't have that much motivation they let their subconscious take control so they'll need to start small and get it bought yeah. in early but if you know you can really like get control and whip yourself whip yourself into shape for 40 days and eventually it will begrudgingly agree and I'm doing this anyway so I may as well have fun right then yeah. that's a good approach too but it's all really about sort of your internal dialogue with like, you know, your subconscious. That's sort of the meta way. I think I view it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, discipline and willpower are muscles like anything else. They atrophy and you can build them up as well. Right. And that's why the minimal effective dose is a good way to build up your willpower because it sucks, man. But you have to make at least a minimum commitment at the start. Right. So make a commitment that you can commit to. And if you, if you have issues with willpower, commit to the minimal effective dose, like 15 mm-hmm. minutes a day. And honestly, that's probably what built up my tank. Cause my 15 minutes a day pretty soon turned into five or six days a week of working out because mm-hmm. I wanted to, and I was making all sorts of gains and feeling great. And then I yeah, kind of fell yeah. off the wagon. So I've got that, re- that I, I know I can work out six days a week. And so when I took on this project or this 75 hard, you know, I knew like my subconscious knew I could do it. Yeah. Um, it's going to suck. And, you know, but I'm going to like the results. I'm going to like how I feel, but I'm not going to like it right in the moment. It's really going to suck. And, and I'm going to have to force myself to do it.
1: And and even the framing you had of like, I'm climbing a mountain. It seems like you're someone who likes intense challenges, right? And so framing it as like, this is a challenge. And I'm like, no matter how shit it is for the 75 days, when I'm on the other end of it, I will have achieved this thing and it will forever be an end. Like, I actually did I don't know anyone who successfully did all of P90X and it's still something I'm proud of 10 years later right and so it's still an accomplishment you will have which is which is another different type of motivation for for the subconscious right
0: Yeah no that's true that's true I, I I'm pausing because I'm trying to think of myself this is my kind of guy that likes challenges I usually I feel like I'm not like, I, you know, I, I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro for example, but you know, that's because my girlfriend at the time wanted to climb it and I didn't see the point. It's like, okay, you you go through all this hardship, get all the way up there and then you just got to come back down again. Like okay, I, mate, what, well, what was the point of that? But I guess I do feel good that I climbed it and that it was a challenge and that I overcame it and stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking at this, not as, uh, a challenge that I'll have completed and have a notch under my belt for having completed it. Uh, I don't look at it at this program like that at all. I look at it more like, is this, can this program help me in instantiate discipline and habits and rituals in my life that I can carry on? That'll give me more freedom, right? I'm I'm giving myself a hard dose of
1: in the future. When you next try and do that, you'll be able to look at this discrete thing and say, I accomplished that. Yeah, that's I pushed true. myself. I achieved that. So I know I can do this. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's good point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Any last thoughts?
0: No, I mean, I, I would just uh, put out an invite to the audience. If you're vibing with what David and I are saying, or you're having challenges in your own life, um, reach out to us uh, you know we can we can help you out if you're interested in fitness nutrition and that sort of thing you can reach out to me if you're interested in entrepreneurship building a business david's your guy well i'm um, also
1: i'm also in the uh, early stages of launching my mindset coaching business so if they actually oh, want to learn how to target their own mental processes and actually learn how to implement changes like this they should shoot me an email right. to
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we can help you out. So uh, send, us, send us an email or, or you know, um, reach out to us. And of course, if you like what we're doing here on the Liberty Experts about getting more personal freedom and responsibility um, in your life, you can become a subscribing listener. The link is below and uh, we appreciate your support.